the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. Last Sunday, we celebrated Pentecost. This Sunday, the Sunday right after Pentecost, is dedicated to the commemoration of the saints that have gone before us. And since sanctity is the outworking of the Holy Spirit in our lives, it makes sense that after we celebrated the giving of the Holy Spirit last week, this week we celebrate the lives of the saints who bore the fruit of the Holy Spirit in their own lives. Christian holiness is a fruit of Pentecost. In the epistle to the Hebrews, we hear them described as a cloud of witnesses. Witnesses, These that have gone before us, the prophets, the martyrs, the righteous, those persecuted for Christ's sake. And yet it is also like it's telling us that saintliness is not an abnormal or exceptional state. We honor these greatly. But on the contrary, it's expected of every Christian's life. The call to holiness is addressed to each one of us, not just to a select few. In our gospel today, Christ instructs us on the meaning of being a disciple of his. And this is kind of the opposite of what the world says. If we become focused on something other than holiness, we can start drifting into the way of living and the way of true life in Christ can be lost. You risk just going through the motions of the church, uh, but not for the real reason that the church is there. In our gospel reading from Matthew 10, 38, Christ says, And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Hmm. You may flinch when you kind of hear this, you know, and he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. But we're told also that the cross that we bear, the yoke that is placed upon us, will not be overbearing if we look to Christ for our strength. We will not be given a burden that's too great for us as long as we look to Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13 In Matthew 11.29, Christ says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but yet God promises that he will never put a burden on us that's too heavy for us. And in our reading from Matthew today, Christ also speaks of rewards. Everyone who's left houses or brothers or sisters for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. In the Beatitudes, he says, when men persecute you on my account, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. Salvation is by faith. Uh, that is what uh, our salvation is based on our faith and, and what Christ has done for us. And if you have faith, there will be good works. And God will reward us for those good works that we pursue in godliness. 
Now, the world has its own rewards, money, recognition, honor, but none of these can ever, ever compare to the reward that God has in store for those who serve him, not as slaves, but as one grateful for what he did for us on the cross. Why did Christ endure the cross? Did he take up the cross just because that's what he was supposed to do? Since it was what his father expected him to do. Was he doing it just because he had to? No. It was much more than that. Likewise, there is much more than just going through the motions of doing something just because it's expected of you. Christ did not go to the cross just because it was something he was supposed to do. That's not the spirit of Christ, nor the Holy Spirit. So why did Christ take up that cross? In our Hebrews passage today, in 12.2, and I love this verse, I think of it many times. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, <clears throat> who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father of God. That's why he did it. For the joy that was set before him. He endured what he had to because he was doing it for us. And that was a joy to him. To bring us salvation. And to enable us to be brought into the kingdom of God for all eternity. It was a, it was a joy for him to bring us to his Father. To experience that same love that exists within the Holy Trinity before time even began. We need to see that same vision that Christ has for us. We can endure whatever comes our way because of what God has in store for us later. For that joy that is set before us. Now the next verse reminds us what to do if we become weary and discouraged. Because there are times we do. Hebrews 12.3 says, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So to keep us from becoming discouraged and weary, we consider him who endured things. If you do get weary, think about what Christ did for you. But think about why he did it. He did it for you. For that joy that was set before him. So why do we endure the cross that we have? For the joy that is set before us. You know, the, the church is our spiritual home here on earth. And the church itself is not in danger of failing. For the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. But the threat is for us to individually drift away. This pandemic has made it hard to even come to church for some. And we're in the process of now putting that behind us. We still have a good bit to work through. But it is time to re-engage in the life of the church. And the church gives us many ways to prepare for our spiritual journey through life. You know, in sports... The better prepared and trained you are, usually the more you enjoy and can excel in that sport. You don't compete as a swimmer unless you have worked at swimming laps and practiced your turns. 
You don't get out and play football without getting into shape and going through the drills. And Sharon is my, and my favorite topic right now with baseball. <laughs> you don't play baseball without having gone through the batting practice, gone through the drills, the, the pitching, the catching, the you know, simulating getting outs. Why do we do all the things that we do in the Orthodox Church? The fasting, the feasts, the prayers, the services. We do them so we can be properly trained to be a good spiritual athlete. And you know, we've got good trainers as examples, a great cloud of witnesses. In a reading from Hebrews 12, 11, we hear, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And if we can remember the joy that is set before us, that joy of the kingdom of heaven to come, we can endure whatever cross we have to bear today. And let us properly prepare. Let us go through the proper training. Let us jettison the sin that so easily entangles us so that we too can finish that race just like all these things that we remember today have done. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you.